Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Dallara. Um, It's been a little bit of a whirlwind, personally. I'm getting married in less than a month. So it, we've just been trying to do what we can. Things have been a little crazy. Obviously, it's not NBA season. I know that's where the majority of you guys are coming for content. But we do have some cool things lined up. Uh, we have some guests coming up. I have this episode of cash that obviously we'll talk about a little bit of baseball touch on the w a bit and really i want to talk about the nba uh as always right but with the new cba how that could affect free agency and maybe a couple ways that you can look at that market and some of those markets that they have available um i did do an episode uh with betting pros uh for with joe pasapia and it is a look at summer league it's a little bit early so that should be dropping tomorrow but it's a little bit early i gave some of my initial thoughts there on summer league but um the main thing with summer league is that the real tournament like the vegas tournament starts july 7 so that's really where we're going to have betting odds um for teams to win summer league players to be summer league MVP, things like that. So I'll definitely have some more content out for you then, but I will direct you to my, what, what I did with uh, betting pros there as a guest. And uh, you guys can listen to that a little bit earlier. And then, uh, you know, maybe you can get some early action uh, before the seventh, but we will, I'll definitely touch on summer league. I think it's fun. I think it's a good time to bet on some players, see some new talent, see kind of how teams and what the direction they're going in is. But for baseball, obviously, it was really cool last night. Domingo Herman, uh, obviously, he has his off the field issues, um, and he's you know kind of dealt with a lot of different things. But and obviously, and so have the the people that he's impacted. Um, but it was cool through twenty fourth perfect game in Major League Baseball history against the Oakland A's, or I guess maybe you could call them the Oakland C's, the way that they've played this season. But what are you going to do? So it was cool. 24th perfect game in Major League history. It hasn't had one since uh, King Felix did in 2012. So second longest streak ever without having a perfect game in Major League Baseball history. We'll see what happens. The Yankees have won the World Series last three times. They had somebody throw a perfect game for them between David Cohn, David Wells, and Don Larson. Um, with baseball, one of the spots that I'm looking at today is I'm looking to see where Max Scherzer's outs line comes in. If we're looking at an 18 and a half, that's going to be an under for me easily. Um, another spot that I'm looking at for an under is Lance Lynn. Uh, he's looking at 18.5. I'm probably going to try to same game parlay it with over one and a half walks. So we're going to probably need, realistically, we need Caesars to do that. And Another thing that I've noticed that I think is interesting, and I tried to do it the other day with Spencer Strider, but I think that obviously if pitchers are throwing or throwing a lot of strikeouts, you're going to be throwing more pitches, right? So one of the things that I've been looking at is pair, potentially pairing, and it's a little counterintuitive, but it's potentially pairing strikeout overs without unders especially if i can get that 18 and a half mark for a lot of guys um i tried it with strider the other day uh with the 10 and 10 strikeouts and under 18 or under 17.5 outs the lineup was he threw 21 he had 21 outs but 
he just did he really just didn't walk anybody and they couldn't get anything going. So I do think it's a spot that I want to look at and try to examine because the you're getting a little bit of negative correlation. You're really kind of tying yourself into how he's going to get those strikeouts because you're looking at it and you're giving him a little bit more of a finite opportunity to get them by capping the outs total, obviously. So I think it's interesting. Um, I do think that there's a little bit of value there because I was able to take what was basically like an even like a minus 110 line and a plus 150 line. And I was got plus 900 on that parlay. So you're getting a little bit of negative correlation in the builder and you're getting a much juicier number. Whereas if you just normally built it regularly, if they weren't inversely correlated, you're looking at probably about plus 135 or 150 or so like that. So it's definitely something that I'm going to be experimenting with. And I have to, I have to take a look and see if it makes sense with some of these spots coming up, but could definitely see it for some of these high strikeout pitchers where they use a lot of pitches to strike guys out and they're not necessarily the most efficient just because then we know that it's like, all right, well, like if they're striking guys out, that means they're throwing more pitches. It means it's less likely that they're going to go deeper into the game. So definitely something I'll target, definitely something I'll be logging into the action app. Um, and we should be having a cool home run derby episode out uh, for the derby for the all-star game. I'll have a guest for that. Um, last year we did pretty well uh, with Maddie Chucks. Maybe we'll have to run him back once again. Um, in regards to the W, I wanted to touch on today's game, which I think is a really compelling game. And I think it's a game that actually people should watch. And that game is the Las Vegas Aces versus the New York Liberty. So this game is on Thursday night. Um, it's on at 10 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch it on Prime Video. You can watch it on Yes uh, if you have that available to you. This game is really between the two title favorites for the WNBA title. It's going to be a pretty compelling matchup, like I said before. Um, you have the Liberty are 10 and 3 leading the East. They're kind of in a virtual tie with the Connecticut Sun. And the Aces are an incredible 13 and 1, undefeated at home. Uh, and they've won nine of their last 10 games on a six game winning streak. This game opened at six aces minus six. It's in Vegas. It's since moved to minus six and a half minus seven and a half in some spots. I think that you can still take it. I conferred with our, you know, NBA WNBA guy, Jim Turvey. He said he thinks that this line should probably be closer to eight and a half, nine. Uh, so I will be taking the aces here. Part of why we like this is that the aces are scoring 92.8 points per game, which is the best in the WNBA and allowing just 77.4 points per competition, which is the second best mark in the WNBA. Additionally, uh, they don't allow a lot of rebounds. They don't commit turnovers. Um, and in terms of three-point shooting, they're making the second most threes in the league. Uh, and they're shooting the second best percentage, 37.3%. And they're only allowing 7.1 and opposing teams are only shooting 33.9% beyond the arc. So it's really been a dominant performance from the aces. And part of why I wanted to talk about this is that 
New York's been awesome, right? Brianna Stewart, she is the current favorite to win the WNBA MVP. I have a bet for that. I think I logged in the action app, so you guys maybe got that one too. But the team has been good. You know, they added Brianna Stewart. They added Courtney Vandersloot. Um, I'm tailing Jim's over seven and a half assist bet for her today. And we, they also have John Paul Jones, who's averaging a double-double in 21.8 minutes per game. So this is one of those spots where... I think that both teams are very good. I think that this is a likely finals matchup, right? Um, the one thing that I will say, though, is that I think that New York is overvalued just a touch. This is by far going to be the toughest game that they've had to play, uh, in my opinion, this season. They're going to be on the road in Vegas against a team that's battle-tested, that wants to say, like, we are still the best in the league. Um, you know, between Aja Wilson, Kelsey Plum, like, they're – very, very good. Um, and what I think about here is that I think that the odds, especially title odds, may shift after this game. So currently, when you go to, we'll just say, we'll say FanDuel for now. Um, when you look at FanDuel and you look at the WNBA title odds, right? You're looking at the Aces are minus 150, the Liberty are plus 180, and the Connecticut Sun are 16 to 1. Basically, they're saying that either of these teams are going to win the title. The Aces or Liberty to win the title is minus 600, and you get the field at plus 400. So I think that the title odds may shift, especially if this is a type of blowout performance by the Aces, just because they're at home, they're the chemistry that they have is a little bit different and you are putting this team in a situation where, you know, for the Liberty, you have to go on the road and win this game. It's just not really an easy task against a team that, you know, has performed so, so well coming off a title. And it's just like, there's no championship hangover for this aces team. So I think that if you want to bet the aces, to win the title, like maybe these odds shift a little bit, but I also think that it might be a good opportunity to buy back in on the Liberty if you didn't get a good number on them, because I could easily see this maybe going to even two to one um, or like maybe two and a quarter. So after this game, if it is that type of blowout performance. So that's just a way to look at it. Alternatively, if you can get some alternate money down on this game, you know, maybe like an aces, uh, an aces minus like a minus 10 or something like that, you can maybe get, you can maybe get there. But the problem is you're not really getting those options. They're not really readily available to you to bet on for the WNBA. Uh, so that's why I'm saying maybe take a look and wait and try to grab, um, try to grab a different alternate line or something like that uh, for the title. Um after this game, if you want to get some money down on the Liberty, I think that they're going to be good. I think that that's going to come around as the season comes, comes and progresses and they've gelled a little bit more and gotten more time to play together, go through the playoffs. And then you face this ACES team, maybe in the finals, then you have a different opportunity there. So that's kind of the way I see this game going. And I, I would recommend laying the points with the ACES. I think the six and a half it's currently generally in the market is a good number there. Now, I want to turn to the NBA. Like I mentioned before, check out that pod that I did about the Summer League preview. I'll definitely have some more content up about Summer League. Uh, I do have some early leans onto teams that I think are going to be good, uh, teams that 
and teams that have players that I think could potentially win summer league MVP. Um, I do think the Rockets are going to be excellent in summer league. It's basically just going to be their team. Um, and I think that there's certain players that I'm curious to see. Like I think Scoot Henderson is going to be awesome. I think that uh, Kenny Lofton Jr. might be good, um, but we'll we'll find out we'll, a little bit more as these rosters kind of construct themselves and we get a little bit more news and we'll start putting out some picks. But I'll generally be betting on underdogs. I don't think that I'll necessarily be laying points too often in this. And uh, we'll we'll see what kind of content we can put out. But Summer League is always a ton of fun to bet on. There's a lot of games all day. It's a great time. But now when we're talking about the business aspect of this, the NBA, they, all the teams just ratified and signed this new CBA. And there's a couple major things that I think are important to consider, especially with free agency starting basically now. Um, one of the things that's particularly interesting is that there's this new thing called the second tax apron. Um, and essentially what that is doing, I mean, they've had different tax aprons before, right? But there's certain restrictions that are more impactful here. Teams that are $17.5 million over the luxury tax threshold have specific restrictions, one of which is that they can't sign players to the mid-level exception. So to give some context to this, this specific clause would have prevented four different signings last season. Daniel Gallinari with the Celtics, Dante DiVincenzo with the Warriors, Joe Ingles with the Bucks, and John Wall with the Clippers. Um, all significant because if you lose that mid-level exception, that's a lot of times with these teams that are way in the luxury tax, that's all that they could really get in order to improve their roster. They had basically one chance. You could sign a guy for, you know, like whatever it was, eight to $12 million dollars try to get them on the team and basically sell it like that. It's like, Hey, this is the best we can do, but it's a mid-level exception. You're going to be on a winning team or a contending team. Anyway, here you go. That tool is now no longer going to be available to these teams that are over that second apron. Additionally, so these teams can't take in more salary in a trade that they are sending out. Previously, you could take 125% of their outgoing salaries. So you can't now like shuffle the rosters in that way. So you can't, you know, try to just keep adding on like more expensive players by constructing these trades. So you're, they're really limiting what you can do and to limit it even further. These teams can't trade first round picks seven years out anymore. So, but any team that's below the second apron can do so. So you, it's really, they're really making it hard. They really don't want teams going over the second tax apron and they also can't trade cash in a deal. So you can't buy second round picks basically. So there's that. And then here's the last thing that's really fascinating. You can't sign buyout players during the season. So the team, like the players and the teams that would have been impacted this past season, Russell Westbrook, Goran Dragic, Terrence Ross, Justin Holiday. None of those guys could have been signed by those teams, the Clippers, the Bucks, the Suns, and the Mavericks. So this second tax apron is going to really restrict what players can do to get, you know, in the buyout market, they might be less inclined to maybe enter the buyout market if they know, because generally those teams that are in this type of tax bracket, a lot of times 
are in this second apron they and they're the teams that players want to go to so it's it really behooves teams to stay under the second tax apron we know that this is like very difficult right um it's one of the things with these escalating contracts and these super maxes etc cetera, etc cetera. i think i'm wondering and i'm projecting forward does this impact what types of deals players get and can players get these massive deals anymore where you're like, like we talked about like Jalen Brown, for example, um, super max eligible him and Tatum. Now it makes you wonder. It's like, well, can we really pay Jalen Brown that much money? Because like, we know that he's definitely a step below Tatum in terms of the tiering. Right. And if we give both of them this type of money, we're going to start really pushing into these luxury tax spots. It makes it much, much more difficult to really construct a team around them. So I, I think there's going to be a little bit more navigation with these contracts. I think the contracts are going to have to be a little bit more nuanced and players are going to have to understand that maybe like I'm not getting a max here where maybe I used to under the old CBA because it's going to hamstring this team too badly. Another thing that's, a change is that veteran ex extensions can be worth up to 140% of the player's previous salary, which is an increase from 120%. So this is going to be interesting for guys who are looking for like a below market rookie extension, right? So certain guys are going to be eligible for these, uh, Jalen Brown, DeMontis Sabonis, DeJounte Murray, um, they all signed for less than the max rookie extension, but they're in line for big contracts now. So if they want to sign extensions ahead of then, they could if they wanted to, rather than trying to wait out the whole th the whole time. So it's it's particularly interesting. I do think that one, a couple of the nuances, right, with this are going to be like I mentioned before. Players might take that extension a little bit earlier rather than trying to get into the market and being an unrestricted free agent if they know that it may make it easier for their team to sign other players because of the tax, et cetera. Um, the one thing that also goes into this that I think is particularly interesting is that teams can't carry over as much like open cap space into the regular season. So this I think is really fascinating because I think this is going to specifically impact free agency and it's going to impact it early. Under the old current CBA, when teams, as long as teams hit the salary cap floor by the last day of the regular season, they spent enough money. This meant that like in the middle of the season, you saw teams like the thunder for example like just taking on contracts and they were saying like give us a first round pick we'll take this contract on and then all of a sudden their salary goes up and teams were doing that because they wanted to get out of contracts they wanted to get out of like i don't want to call them bad deals but they wanted to get out of certain situations so that they had a little bit more cap flexibility those things can't happen now after the regular season starts these teams have to be within, I believe it's about 10% there. Like you really, you need to be within that threshold to get to the regular season. Otherwise what happens is 
they'll tell you that you can't use that available amount as available cap space anymore. Um, you also can't decrease your team salary. And what happens is too, if you don't reach the floor, you'll receive half of the money paid out to each non-taxpaying team. Beginning in 2024, 2025, teams that don't hit the floor won't receive any of the money paid out to non-taxpaying teams. So it's a monetary thing. Like they want these other teams to, to spend money. I think that this should actually cause a little bit more parity if you think about it, because some of these teams are going to have to sign players just because they're going to need to hit that floor. I think it's interesting because it's going to create a market where there's going to be certain players that are maybe championship caliber players or championship raisers, like floor raisers, ceiling raisers, 16 game players um, that want a big contract should probably get a big contract, but then there's teams that can't afford them based on the way the aprons work or the tax, like the tax consequences. And they're going to need a landing spot, but they also shouldn't be underpaid. So I think what may happen is you may have some of these teams, like let's call it like the Spurs, the Wizards, the Rockets right now, right? You might have some of these teams where they look at a situation and like, let's think like this season, let's talk about one guy, Kyle Kuzma, right? Kuzma is a guy that should probably get paid. Um, he has a championship. Um, he is a vet, but he's like kind of like a cool vet, you know, uh, he's a younger guy but he's, he's probably going to get paid and he's able to impact the game in a variety of different ways. And we know that what's interesting is that some of these teams that are not good, for example, may be more willing to throw money at a guy like Kuzma and say like, Hey, like, fuck it. Like we'll overpay this guy a little bit. Like we'll give him, you know, 20, $25 million a year for like a shorter deal, maybe even like a two-year deal or a three-year deal. And what it'll do is it'll fill up some of their cap space, but then it'll also give them like a very valuable chip in terms of trading somebody. Because if the deal is, you know, either maybe it's front loaded, maybe it's back loaded, like whatever, whatever, however the money works, they might be able to use him then as a piece where you could say like, Hey, like, uh, Milwaukee, for example, like Milwaukee, like we know you guys are like hard capped pretty much. Uh, you're in that second apron. We have Kuzma. It's tw- it's about like a $20 million a year deal. We'll give them to you for one of your big contracts that maybe you need to get out off of, but, and like, we'll take that contract back. But now under this new cap threshold and the way that these trades have to go, you have to send something back. You can't just take him into space. So they have to have players that are actually like that have enough money in the contracts to be able to send them out to these other teams for to contenders to continue to rack up those draft picks that they so desperately want and they, they want to keep stockpiling. So I think that some of these teams like the Spurs, the Thunder, um, the Wizards, the Rockets, like those are teams that are going to be interesting to see what they do because they might be players to sign particular free agents that you wouldn't have thought that they would have been in play for previously, because I think these players are also going to understand that with the, the, the new CBA, it actually may make sense to go sign with one of these teams because like you get your money, but these teams kind of know like, Hey, like, I know we can't trade you right away, but come deadline, 
you're you're probably going to be on another team because we want to use you as like a chip. So if you're mostly concerned with getting the bag, then I could see some of these players signing with teams that are a little bit more non-conventional or so to speak. One of the other things that I think is going to be interested in free agency, uh, especially right away, is that they've changed some of the numbers. They've been able, There's a little bit more money in restricted free agency now. But also the biggest thing is that if a team with a restricted free agent receives an offer sheet for that player before noon Eastern time on a certain day, they'll have until midnight the next day to match or 1159 p.m. Eastern time the next day to match. If the offer sheet comes in on or afternoon Eastern time on a given day, the team will have until 1159 p.m. Eastern time two days later to make a decision. If the offer sheet is delivered at any point during the moratorium period, a team will have to give a response by 11.59 p.m. Eastern time on the day after the end of the moratorium. I think what this should do is it should make the restricted free agency process a little bit faster. Um, The numbers are going to be different. The numbers are going to be a little bit more extensive in terms of what is or isn't allowed to be offered. And I think that the time frame kind of has cut this down a little bit as well. So it's it's pretty interesting. Um, We'll see like, you know, some of this come into play this season, but restricted free agency should move a little bit faster. And I think that should help teams from getting like bogged down in, you know, if they extend an offer sheet, then they miss out on every other free agent signing. One final thing that I wanted to touch on, which I think is interesting, and it's going to come into some of the schedule making stuff. Teams will now be able to play in a game on the same day as it traveled across two time zones. Previously, this was a one time zone for a game the same day. This is going to be interesting. I think it's going to create a lot more spot matchups, right? Um, Where, you know, if you see a team traveling from like New York to California, um, you're traveling over multiple time zones. So I think this is going to be interesting um, and it's going to create some scheduling hiccups i think uh or where teams are really like for anticipating rest so once we get the schedule out we'll know a little bit more about that but i'm very excited to see how free agency starts to shake out how that may impact uh who we see in summer league a little bit um obviously these free agents aren't really going to play in summer league but it may impact the way or the or how many minutes different guys are playing just based to see on like what a team may or may not need um and just to try to get a couple more reps in there figure out who's going to be in the rotation who's not going to be uh just a little bit based on their summer league performance so very excited for free agency very excited for summer league and just a quick recommendation for all of you guys um i am going to recommend i got this like garment shaver thing and you it's fascinating like it's like if you have it's like if you ever have like a suit or some or like a sweater right where like the little you get the little like ball things or like little frillies where the fabric kind of like gets like caught up together get this guy it's like 10 bucks on amazon you just like go wave over it gets all the little guys out like all the little little frilly things so it kind of keeps you looking fresh keeps you looking sharp and uh it really gives you the ability to you know fine-tune some of your clothing stay stay looking fresh stay looking good um so have that as a recommendation 
And I'm going to recommend one other thing. It's called, there's like these overnight oats, like mushy. Like I understand. Okay. Look, I understand that you can make your own overnight oats and it's probably a lot cheaper and it's probably a lot easier. Well, sometimes you just don't have time. Sometimes you're just like, I need to just have something. Um, there are these little like overnight oat cups. They come like pre-prepared. You can buy them in like a little bit more of a tub. They have a variety of different flavors. Um, personally, I, I've enjoyed the strawberry one a lot. Um, the peanut butter one was dynamite and they're just little, little cup servings. Like, it, like you'd get like a yogurt. Um, they look exact, almost exactly the same, but it's overnight oats. So it's a nice little breakfast, um, nice little on the go thing. It's pretty quick. If you, you know, if you need something and like it's summer, like I don't always want something that's hot. So a little cold breakfast, not the worst thing in the world, uh, for this point in time, but here's what we'll say. Keep your garments fresh, keep your breakfast cold. But you guys stay hot and let's cash that.